Coming to you from the bottom of Lake Agassiz, welcome to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on the mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. I'm your host, Doug Leary, former game warden, a current biologist, and uh, thanking you for allowing us to be a part of your weekend outdoors, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whether you're listening live on the air, kfjo.com, the mobile app, the podcast. I really appreciate you. I'm a former game warden. I'm a current biologist, and I've been working for the Game and Fish Department for a long, long time. I'm a North Dakota native. I was born in beautiful Williston, North Dakota. My dad worked for the Department of Ag for uh, what was FHA, turned into rural development. And so he was stationed in Williston when I was born. Then we moved to Lemoore, and then uh, he ended his career in Valley City, where I graduated from high school. I started working summer temporary positions with the Fish and Wildlife Service, and uh, did that while I was in college in Botno and then graduated from NDSU in Fargo, started my career as a game warden. So my summer temporary positions took me to places like the Cullum Wetland Management District, the Valley City Wetland Management District, Long Lake National Wildlife Refuge. I worked at uh, Lostwood National Wildlife Refuge for Ducks Unlimited uh, out of college. And then I began my career as a game warden, stationed in Botno, and then uh, transferred down to Fargo before becoming an outreach biologist. So the weekend edition of Outdoors Live, a little bit of a different way of looking at the outdoors, but thank you for allowing us to be a part of the outdoors with you. My first station as a game warden was in Botno, and the first time I'd ever gone to Botno was that I remember was for like a class reunion for my dad. My dad went to NDSU Botno. I went to NDSU Botno. My son graduated from NDSU in Fargo. I graduated from NDSU in Fargo, and so did my dad. My my son missed out on going to junior college in Botno, but. I, I guess he's doing he's doing fine without it, whereas uh, I really really needed it. Now, in all seriousness, um, thank God for for North Dakota State University Botno when I went there because without that college, without that university, Dakota College at Botno, it's it's been its its name has been changed and abused and disrespected for way too long. But there are a lot of people, including the deputy director for the North Dakota Game and Fish Department, Scott Peterson. That can and a lot of game wardens and a lot of other biologists that will hang their hat on the value of of NDSU Botno or Dakota College Botno. But I digress. So I'd gone there, uh, visited there with my dad when I was just a kid. I remember going up to Milligan Hall, and then I went to college in Botno, really sight unseen, with without taking a tour or anything else like that. I was like, okay, this is what I need to do. This is where I need to go, and I did it. And it turns out. Turns out that that was also my first station as a game warden in Botno. And I appreciated and understood the value and the uniqueness of the Turtle Mountains. Anybody that anybody that's, you know, in connect in touch with North Carolina Outdoors realizes there's some really unique areas. The Pemina Gorge, the Badlands, the Cheyenne Grasslands, there's a lot of unique areas. And the Turtle Mountains is really unlike any place else. If you've never been there, it's more like the Black Hills. The, the Black Hills should be called the, the Turtle Mountains because they're a mountain, and the Turtle Mountains are, are more like a hill, the, the hills. But the uniqueness, a huntable population of ruffed grouse, a shared international waterway of Lake Metagoshi, and that's, that's just the beginning of it. And I remember reading through it. I can't remember if it was North Dakota Outdoors magazine or A Big Game of North Dakota History by Joseph New. Where I read about remains of caribou being found in the Turtle Mountains. And I remember just going, wow. And 
What I know now that I didn't know then is when you think about grizzly bears being found in North Dakota uh, in the annals of Lewis and Clark, along with the the prairie chicken, and you know things have changed dramatically. But when I think about caribou in the Turtle Mountains, it really just makes me stop and appreciate the history of the habitat, the history of the wildlife that we have in North Dakota. And when we have populations like the American Martin, which if you haven't checked, there's a great study. Um, look at the North Dakota Outdoors magazine from November. It's free on the Game and Fish Department website. You can see some studies that Game and Fish is doing on this really secretive, unique species that is only in North Dakota found in that north-central area of the Turtle Mountains straddling between Botno and Rolette counties. And it's absolutely fascinating to think that a species like this is found in North Dakota, which is why. So they are a member of the weasel family. They're kind of like the size of a mink, but they've got a smaller tail. The fur is more of a reddish-brown, and you find them in the, the mixed forests, the conifer areas, and... I guess it's it's hard to to really explain them over the radio, but it's it's really cool. It's really cool to have those. It's also cool to look at the history of partridge in North Dakota. RJ Gross, upland game biologist for the North Dakota Game and Fish Park. Let's talk a little bit about the history of gray partridge, Hungarian partridge of North Dakota. Yep. So scientifically, they're called gray partridge. But the common name and kind of the popular name is, is Hungarian partridge, or people like to call Huns. Uh, that comes from the first ones that came to North America came from Hungary. Uh, so that's, that's where the Hungarian partridge comes from. I think sometimes people uh, wrongly assume that the, the partridge is a native bird, the sharp-tailed grouse, a native bird of North Dakota. The ring-neck pheasant is Chinese, the Chinese chicken. So let's talk a little bit about the introduction, when and where the partridge was brought in to North Dakota. Yep, so in North Dakota, the first documented that the Game and Fish releases were in 1923. We got a hundred breeding pair from Czechoslovakia. Um, and they released those the following year, 1924. And they did around 7,500 the next you know, 10, 15 years, um, also in Canada. Saskatchewan, Man Manitoba, and over in Montana, they all did releases. Uh, the first ones that kind of started showing up uh, before we started releasing were probably from those, you know, in Canada and Montana, things like that, all in our northern counties. Um, and then in 1930s, the mid-1930s, mid we did open season. Uh, it was only open for a couple days. That was the first hunting season. Closed for a while, and then in the 50s is when it really opened up. Well, that is very insightful, very interesting. A hundred years of partridge in North Dakota. R.J. Gross, upland game biologist for the North Dakota Game and Fish Department. You're listening to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on the Mighty 790 KFGO, FM 94.1, 104.7, KFGO.com, the KFGO mobile app. And I'm Doug Lear.